0: Section 36 of the Pearl Storybook, Stories and Legends of Winter, Christmas, and New Year's. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Pearl Storybook, Stories and Legends of Winter, Christmas, and New Year's by Ada M. Skinner and Eleanor L. Skinner. Holly by Ada M. Marzios Heidi tidy paradiddy, closed, all in green. The king could not read it, no more could the queen. They sent for a wise man out of the east, who said it had horns but was not a beast. Source: Old riddle. There was once upon a time a very warlike kingdom where they had never heard of Christmas. The men spent all their days fighting and the women spent their days in urging the warriors to further deeds of valor. This had gone on for a very long time, and no one had ever yet said that he was tired of it. There was but one person in the whole kingdom who had openly declared that war was hateful, but as she was only the youngest princess, nobody paid any heed to her. Then came a time just before our Christmas day, when the king was preparing a great campaign against a far-off country he called together his council of war grave old warriors dressed completely in armor my friends said he we are about to wage war on the distant kingdoms of zoega up till this time the people of that country have been our very good friends but as we have now conquered all our enemies there seems no one but our friends left to fight, and of these, the king of Zoegians is chief. You will remember that his youngest son, Prince Modo, spent some of his boyhood at our court in order to gain instructions and feats of arms, and that the prince left us to travel over the world. A few months ago, his father sent word to me that the prince had returned home, bringing with him the news of a pearl of great price which contain the secret of happiness. It is this pearl which I have made the excuse for war, for I have demanded it in payment for the services that we rendered to Prince Modo. In my message I have said that if the pearl and the secret which it contains are not brought and revealed to us here within the next five days, our troops will descend upon the kingdom of Zawaga and wipe it off the face of the earth loud and long cheered the council at the speech of their king as indeed was their duty though in their hearts of hearts they had no wish to fight against the king of the zoegians who was their very good friend the queen and the princesses smiled graciously upon them all save the youngest princess who had been prince modo's playfellow she disgraced herself by bursting into passionate tears and was forthwith ordered out of the council hall. At the end of five days, the council once more assembled to wait the arrival of the messenger, with the answer from the king of Zawiga. The day was bright and cold, and there was snow on the ground. The king and queen were wrapped in thick fur cloaks. The princesses were all assembled too, even the youngest, who was dressed in ermine and looked as pale as death. It was Christmas Eve, there was no Christmas trees preparing, and no presents. No one was thinking of hanging his stockings up. The hall was not decorated, neither were the churches. Indeed, there were no churches to decorate for as you remember, the people in this kingdom knew nothing about Christmas. The council sat and waited in the big, bare hall. At last, the great doors were flung open. There was a blast of trumpets. And a messenger appeared. He was tall and fair, and held himself proudly. His eyes were bright and shining, and there was a smile upon his face. He was completely dressed in bright green, and the council noted with astonishment that he was without armor of any kind. He wore neither breastplate, shield, nor helmet. He had neither sword by his side nor spurs on his feet. He was bareheaded and in his right hand he carried something green, horny and prickly, with little red dots on it. Looking neither to the right nor to the left, he walked with firm and steady steps up the long hall between the rows of armed warriors. As he passed the youngest princess, she blushed deeply, but he did not seem to notice her. When he reached the throne, he bowed low before the king and queen and lay the prickly object on the table before them. Your majesty, said he in a clear ringing voice, from the king of Zawaga, greeting. He sent you this token. It is the symbol of the secret of happiness. The king stared. So did the queen. They had expected a pearl of great price, accompanied by a scroll on which was written the secret of happiness, and the king of Zawaga had sent them this. Amid dead silence, the king took the token up in his hand in order to examine it more carefully. He dropped it hastily, for it pricked him, and little drops of blood were seen starting from his hand. "Heidi, tidy, said he, tis surely some kind of beast, and symbol of war, for it pricked me right smartly. Truly the king of Zawaga deals in riddles which I for one cannot read. Take it, my dear added he to the queen, and pointing to the token. Perchance your quick wits may be able to understand this mystery. She picked up the token and examined it carefully. It rather resembled the branch of a tree, but the leaves were thick and resisting and edged with very sharp spikes, and there was on it a cluster of round, bright red objects like tiny balls. But even as it had pricked the king, so did it prick her and she dropped it hastily into the lap of the eldest princess, who was sitting beside her. Paradiddy, exclaimed the queen in her own language, it is certainly a beast, see, it has horns, and she pointed to the spikes, but I certainly cannot read the riddle, if riddle it be. Then it was passed all the princesses in turn, but they could not read the token any more than could the king and queen. At last, it reached the youngest princess, and, though it pricked her little hands sorely, she took it up tenderly and kissed it. "'Tis a token of love,' said she. The messenger turned his shining eyes full upon her. "'The princess has read the riddle of the token all right,' said he, and he stepped forward, as though to kiss her hand. "'Stay!' said the king imperiously, springing to his feet. "'A token of love!' "'Forsooth! But I sent the king of Zawaga a declaration of war. "'What does he mean by sending me a token of love? "'The princess must certainly be mistaken. "'And as for you,' he continued, turning fiercely to the messenger, "'you shall be marched off to prison until we have had time to consult with our wise men "'as to the real meaning of this extraordinary token.'" So there and then the messenger was marched off to spend the night in prison and all the wise men in the kingdom were bidden to appear in the council chamber the very next day, especially one very old wise man from the East, who was reputed to be wiser than all the others put together. The next day, of course, was Christmas Day. But as these people had never heard of Christmas, there were no bells ringing, no carols were sung, and there was neither holly, ivy, nor mistletoe upon the walls. Slowly and painfully, the wise men began to arrive. They were all dressed alike, in black flowing robes, and on their heads they wore long-pointed black caps covered with weird devices. The very old wise man from the East wore a red-pointed cap, but in all other respects was dressed just like the others. They assembled round a large circular table at one end of the hall, In the middle of the table was placed the token. At the other end of the hall were gathered the warriors, and above them on a double throne sat the king and queen, with the princesses grouped on either side of the dais. The wise men examined the token in silence. "'Tis a curious beast,' said one of them at last. "'Of a new and quite unheard of species,' said another. "'It has neither legs nor tail said the third. Yet it has a number of globular red eyes, said the fourth, and it certainly has horns, said the fifth. And so said they all, until it came to the turn of the very old wise man from the east. He looked long at the token. It has horns, said he at last, but it is not a beast. Not a beast, said they, one to the other, but what is it then? it is a token of love said he hidey-tidy interrupted the king read us then the full meaning of the token i cannot said the very old wise man but let the youth be brought hither who carried it he will be able to explain it more fully than i Paraditi said the queen in her own language why did we not think of that before fetch him back again at once So two of the warriors fetched the youth from prison, and he was soon standing before the assembly, with his head held as high and his eyes as bright and shining as before. Read us the token, commanded the king. The youth bowed low. The princess read it all right yesterday. It is a token of love. Explain yourself, said the king. How can a beast with horns be a token of love? the youth drew himself up to his full height. It is not a beast, said he. It is the branch of a holly tree. On this day of the year, which in my country we call Christmas Day, our people decorate their houses with branches of this holly or holy tree as a token of love and peace and goodwill. This is the message that I have brought to you, a message that we in our country know very well, but which you have never heard before. The king and the warriors, the wise men, the queen, and princesses all listened to his words in silence. When he had ended, there was a long pause. And in what particular way does your message affect us? Said the king at last. Thus, your majesty, answered the youth, approaching the youngest princess and taking both her hands in his, on this day I, Prince Modo, would have peace and goodwill between my kingdom and your kingdom, and I would seal it forever by taking the youngest princess home with me as my bride. You, O king, recognized me not, for I have much changed since I lived here with her for playfellow. But in all my wanderings, I found a pearl of no greater price than this, and I would proclaim to all the world that the secret of happiness is love. So on that very Christmas day they were married, amid great rejoicings, and war ceased throughout the kingdom. And on every Christmas day, forever after, the people of that country decorated their houses with holly, the symbol of love and peace and goodwill, and wished each other a Merry Christmas, even as I do now to you. End of section 36